Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast. I am Bo Wolf, sitting next to Zach Berman as we are here on a Wednesday morning. We've got a lot to get to. We're going to be taking uh, your questions, do a little mailbag, quail bag, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, about halfway through, we're going to talk about our sort of deep dive thoughts on the Jason Kelsey documentary. We'll save that for the end in case people haven't watched it yet. You can come back and revisit this episode. But I think the most important thing that everybody can see if you're watching is that right there on the desk is a copy, finally, of Underdogs, the Philadelphia Eagles' emotional road to Super Bowl victory. Zach Berman, you finally did it. Yes, I brought it in. You sent uh, the tweet at, what, 6 a.m. this morning? Oh, I think I scheduled that bad boy for like 4.45. Is that right? Okay. And... I, I was not up to send it. I did it, you know, as as a friend of yours, I, I took it upon myself to finally, you know, give you a little kick in the rump. So this will be on the bookshelf. And as I said yesterday, the goal was to get it off bookshelves, but it will be mm. on this bookshelf. Uh, and you can relive the 2017 Super Bowl run. And perhaps the Just Eagles like are in Nick their... Just Foles over my shoulder here now. Yeah, perhaps the Eagles will have a sequel this year. We'll see. Wow, what a tease, as if you know. Well, no, I'm saying a Super Bowl sequel, not mm. just another book, but a Super Bowl. I, well, I, I've said before, I'm already working on a, on a No, I know, but I mean, you're, you're a, you know, this is a, a team that's 2-0, and o, but everybody's complaining about them. You're, you're already putting them in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to write a book here. Right? So, uh, I feel like that would be a lot of extra work for the book that you're currently working on. That's fine. I don't mind work. Run to it, not away from it. Mm, okay. And where can, uh, you know, people who haven't already read or purchased this book, where could they pick one up? They tell you to say wherever books are sold. You mm. seem to not like that statement. Wherever I don't dislike it. I just, I you find it probably it. inaccurate. Okay. Well, most places where you buy a book. Before the show, somebody mentioned that they have an adult bookstore yeah. near, near them. I don't know if they'll be selling it there. They don't sell it there. No. Okay. They, they do not sell it there. Um, but um, might get some people in the mood. <laughs> It could. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's true. There's some good chapters in there. Uh, but, <laughs> no, uh, wherever 
I'd say most places where you buy books, you can find a copy of Underdogs, The Fall Up Eagles, Emotional Road, The Super Bowl Victory. What was your favorite chapter to write? My favorite chapter to write was, I would have to say the chapter on the game itself. Mm. Uh, because there was, a, there was so, the material was so rich from actually the NFL films, you know, mm. everyone's mic'd up, so you can really paint kind of a, a narrative as that was going on. I, I would also have to say the, uh, the, the Yazoo City, Mississippi. Ah, uh, you love Yazoo City. You love the, uh, yes. that little pat on the back. Yeah, yeah, Fletcher Cox, his hometown, Yazoo City, Mississippi. Uh, I enjoyed the North Dakota stuff. There was... Uh, and what's the name of the place that you ate in Yazoo City? p Rouse. Mm. Got great crawfish there. Okay. Should, 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 I should tell... Uh, Jalen. You should, well, there you go. Yeah. Tell his girlfriend. Next time, <laughs> tell his girlfriend. Next time they're in Yazoo City. Uh, people have, one of the questions we have, Zach, is what's your, uh, what's your Tampa plan for eating? Mm. What's your, uh, you know, feeling peckish? Your, Zach's trip, trip on the road to Tampa. Where are you going to eat? There's a few places that I'd, I'd like to go in Tampa. Okay. Uh, the old favorite is Columbia. Mm. If you're familiar with that. Great. Supposedly the home of, like, the, the, the uh, home of the Cuban. Great right. paella there. Interesting. Yes. You can hear Mrs. Costanza say, what am I going to do with all this paella? Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, yes. Uh, great paella there. Uh, there's a few other kind of um, newer spots in Tampa that I like. I've spoken to Nelson Aguilar about some of his Tampa mm. recommendations. Of course, Burns Steakhouse. The story that never got written. Yeah, Burns Steakhouse is a, uh, is a well-known mm. place. I don't think I'll make it to Burns this weekend. But... If I can Are you get, on like the do not allow? Have you been kicked out? You're not allowed back at Burns? Oh, no. I would uh, actually, Burns, what, a cool part of Burns is they have a dedicated dessert room. And you know, <laughs> I like this, right? So you actually you eat uh, your, your dinner. Oh, you have, to, you have to go to a separate room for <laughs> yes, dessert? Yes, really? There's a separate dessert room. Why? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very famous dessert room. It's like the Henry Wow's dessert room or something. Really? Um, yes. And they have a robust dessert menu. And, and you're not going? This is like, it feels like your dream. Uh, good, Are you allowed to go just to the dessert room? That's a good question, actually. I don't know. I, a steak dinner in a, in a dessert room is a good combination. Uh, maybe, I, you know, honestly, I, I, I haven't looked into this this weekend yet, but potentially. Feels unlike we'll you. We'll see. I mean, I got, uh, I, I got a lot of work to do when I'm there, actually. Mm. So that's kind of, I don't know how, how much I'll be, I don't want to say gallivanting around town, but. but uh, okay. You're doing solo exploring. podcasts? <laughs> Not doing this whole podcast, no. No, I, I, I have some writing to do. Okay. Weekend. All right, let's get to uh, some of the Eagles-related questions yep. uh, before we, uh, we get into some of the silliness. Uh, the Eagles, first of all, Zach, had a couple of workouts yesterday. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know if you wanted to talk about any of those guys. I'll give you the list here. Uh, uh, according to Tom Pelissero, it all goes over through the, you know, the league wire. They worked out six players. William Jackson, who we talked about yesterday, uh, experienced former first-round cornerback mm -hmm. who has had... I would say more of a down than up career so far. He's over 30. Uh, EJ Jenkins, tight end from Georgia Tech, spent camp with the Jets. He was a wide receiver in college, so one of those uh, converted players. Two running backs, John Kelly and Bryant Kobach. Kobach was with the Seahawks 
in uh, in training camp. Also spent time with the Vikings. Isaiah Moore, linebacker from NC State. I kind of liked I kind of liked him a little bit as just a seventh round undrafted guy. Sort of fits the like T.J. Edwards type. Um, lim- athletically limited thumper has had some uh, injury issues over the course of his career. Got injured again over the summer with the Chiefs, and then Ellerson Smith, who was more of a edge rusher type, uh, went to college at Northern Iowa. Anything anything pop to you there? Well, whenever Bo Wolf feels compelled to tweet about a workout, mm. I I know that 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 this is something worth paying attention to. So when you gave the BW Isaiah Moore endorsement. I didn't say I, I didn't endorse it. I said it was interesting. Yeah, that, I, I kind of like him. Yeah, I I I like Bo Wolf there at like five o'clock last night. You see Isaiah Moore, and you want to put that out to the world that 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 this is someone you were intrigued by. You are uh, proficient at evaluating late round picks, so I mean you you nailed a few. Uh, you hit the Quez Watkins, John Hightower. Um, prediction there okay so i i'm going with your isaiah moore pick i mean realistically in terms of those who could have yeah i mean i think i think the list of workouts is less about the specific players and more about the types that they're bringing in right i mean william jackson from a veteran perspective right he he has experienced cincinnati washington was kind of a failed signing in washington but there's experience there that you like ellerson smith had a real good frame, oh, has a real good frame. I don't think the frame went away. But you're talking about, what, a 6'7", 260-pound edge rusher from Northern Iowa. Uh, John Kelly was, was an interesting back. How come there's no Southern Iowa? What's that? How come there's no Southern Iowa? Well, there is a Southern Iowa. I don't think just think there's not a Southern Iowa University. That's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's you know, that's a great question for all our <laughs> Iowa listeners here. If I, I'm curious, is there anyone listening or, there, or uh, watching us, rather, from Iowa? Are there any other, like, uh, state schools you can think of where there's a, there's a specific direction related to the state but not the opposite one? Uh, well, there's... there's um, you, think that, you think about that. Uh, I'll, I'll let that, I'll run, let that run through your mind yes, for the rest exactly. of the episode. Yes. Um, I think, uh, you know, two running backs is interesting given that you know, we're wondering whether they want to keep Rashad Penny around. Uh, the one thing I'm surprised that they haven't really looked at here, because my understanding is that neither John Kelly nor Brian Kobach are necessarily returners. I would expect that I, I would have expected they'd be a little bit more interested in, in potentially dipping into the return options, given, you know, the, the Cubby fumble, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's on the practice squad, so they can't just keep promoting him. Is he meriting a 53 man spot at this point? I'm not so sure. That's a valid point, and especially punt returner in, in particular, right? Because they can get by with Boston Scott returning kicks. Uh, that's, that's, that's a very good point. And at some point here, they're going to have to make a Covey decision in the next week. So perhaps that's – I mean, this would be the time to do it. They have a short week next week. I didn't think of it in that frame, but that's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, let's say let's be let's be serious here. We're on you know the Wednesday episode here, but because it's a Monday night game, the Eagles haven't done anything all week long. So we're spending about ten minutes on the six guys they worked out yesterday. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's fine. That's good that, stuff. Now that's, later, that's later, the type of content you're not going to get anywhere else. Later today, we will hear from the coordinators. Yes. Okay. Uh, first question from Sean wants to know: uh, Say that Howie only has the ammo 
whether it's picks or cap, for one move this season, which area would be uh, the biggest area of improvement? And he mentioned slot corner, safety, and linebacker. There's a similar question asking about what's a more, mid, a more likely midseason trade, linebacker or safety. How do you sort of fall down there? I think a safety who can play the slot, similar to C.J. Gardner-Johnson last year. Uh, and you're seeing a lot of safety slot combos in the NFL. That would be a kill two birds with one stone. No, I should be careful there with saying kill two birds here. We have our bird puns. But that, that, that would be the move I would make. Now, who that is, it's a fair question, and that's something we can get into in the next few weeks if they do go in that path. But a safety who can play slot would be the way I would look. I think that if you just look at the way that Howie Roseman allocates resources, like which of those positions does he care about the most, I think the answer is certainly nickel. Um, now, if you could get a guy who can do both, that, that would be great. I think it's possible that if um, you know Mario Goodrich isn't what they're hoping he is and whatever their other plans are there, if it's Bradbury and Job, if it's Sidney Brown, whatever it is, if that stuff doesn't work, I could see them being more likely to give up something for, for a nickel. Um, I don't think they're going to give up anything significant for a linebacker. It's just no, I agree. like they knew that this, that this was how the position was going to work out. Um, this is how they have chosen to proceed. I think it's probably not going to change. I do think that safety, if uh, let's say there was another injury or if Sidney Brown just is not ready, then maybe that's another place where uh, you could see something. Now, one guy who occurred to me that we didn't talk about because we talked about some of these, these options last week. Now that the Broncos are 0-2, Justin Simmons, 30 years old, hmm. uh, one year left on his deal most likely. I think you can cut him for uh, a good savings next year. That could be one where I think if, if, if the Broncos are pushing in their cards, then, then maybe he could be gotten. It's a good name to watch. Um, I, I mean, maybe more name than player at this point, but certainly he's been a really productive. Wow, a shot at, at Justin Simmons. No, maybe I'm saying I, I haven't watched a lot of Justin Simmons recently. It's, I, was I actually, mean, you're the one who's been just watching <laughs> nonstop Denver content. You tell me. <laughs> True. Uh, Justin Simmons, I really liked him a few years ago, right? Uh, he was tagged, then given a big extension. Uh, did watch some of that Broncos game the other day. So I'll make a tackle along the left sideline. But I, yeah. I would be on board with that. I'd like a Justin Simmons. Well, it depends on the price. I mean. Always depends on price. Yeah. Well, so you can't just, I wouldn't just definitely be on board with it. <laughs> well, obviously price dependent. Everything's, okay. everything's price dependent. Okay. Uh, Joseph, Zach, wants to know any thoughts on Sidney Brown getting some playing time in the slot in the CJGJ role. Played that spot a lot in college and is physical enough to hold up against the run. I've, I've said this uh, the past week and I stand by it that, I think Sidney Brown's going to become a starter here this season, so I would do it sooner rather than, than, than later. I would rather learn about the player in September and October than learn about the player in November and December. But what he's asking specifically about the nickel. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, I would do anything to get Sidney Brown on the field, so yes. And like you said on yesterday's show, you would prefer to have uh, Sidney Brown in that role than Justin Evans in that role. Justin Evans has more experience playing the slot in the NFL, obviously. He's more experienced in the NFL, but he, he took a, a fair number of snaps there with New Orleans last year. He's taken some slot snaps this year, like you said. I, I would still rather see Sidney Brown there based on the athleticism that he presents. Yeah, I, I, I am curious to know if that's a thing that they are considering. 
Um, I think it's probably not their top option, I'm guessing, but I'm, I'm curious to, to see how that, how that goes. Uh, on the uh, more like potential workout fronts, how many punters do you think would have to stink up the joint before the Eagles consider Matt Areza? Do you think his stink is too strong for any team to look at him? Well, the fact that it's week three of, of the NFL season. I think that's right. And that he was not in a camp this year. He was not on a preseason roster this year. He has not been signed. Would make me think that teams are staying away from him. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So my guess is that's not a – I think if that's a path they would have pursued, they would have pursued it already. I think that's probably right. Uh, next up from EP. Who would win a Philly beat writer Royal Rumble? And a Royal Rumble is just an all-out fight. Yeah, no, so I think he probably means a battle royal because a Royal Rumble is much more you know, related on the draw. Every, everybody comes out every okay. you know, 60 seconds or 90 okay. seconds uh, or sometimes two minutes. Uh, just one person comes in at a time. So I'm guessing he's going more for a battle royal because otherwise I'm going to need much more information on, on when people are coming in in the Rumble. Sure. I'm going with Chris Franklin from NJ.com. Interesting. I think I think Chris, a uh, former football player. Okay. Uh, he now he's he's a nice guy. So the aggressiveness, you know, but, uh, mm. maybe there's there's something there to be un- unleashed. But I think Chris uh, would 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 be the one that I would want on my team in such a fight. Yeah, the thing I worry about with Chris is is does he have too much of a target on his back? Because that's a deal in a battle royal. Is if if you're perceived as the as the top threat, and everybody uh, else is gonna. Okay. sort of, you know, band together to try to get him over the top rope. So you got to think about, like, uh, who's, got some, who's got some alliances, who is, like, capable of winning but is maybe more <laughs> like the number three threat. That's uh, a tough call. So you can make you a case with? for each. I think you can make a case for Josh Tolentino, okay. I think. Um, very athletic, I imagine. Yes. Uh, maybe, maybe a little sneaky. Okay. Good watch, okay. good good viewer of the show, I'd say. I appreciate that, Josh. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Josh. Okay, I actually think you would be like. Because uh, I think Josh would also be good at uh, like uh, partnering up with different people over the course of the battle royal. I can see that. I I think you though could have certain strategy involved here. Uh, oh sure, I mean I'm happy to do like just I'll go under the bottom rope and hide underneath the ring and yeah, then try so to pop up it at the end and try to steal it. I'll definitely do that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I would be worried about you in, in such a fight. You should be. Yes. Okay. Uh, next up, Zach, a question from uh, Tim. After having to answer to his father and brother in back-to-back weeks, which family member will Nick Sirianni have to own up to for a poor game decision and we, after week three? So you're saying there's going to be a poor game decision in week three. Well, he has one other brother. Yes. We don't know which brother called him out on the two-point conversion. Mm -hmm. Uh, In week one, of course, what we're referencing uh, was when his his father wanted to know about going for the fourth down, which I actually agreed with. I didn't like the play call, Mm -hmm. but his father wanted to know about going for the fourth down. So what we have here are some options. It could be his mother. It could be his wife. It could be one of his children. Yeah. Uh, see, so yeah, let's let's say now. I'm not, I'm not saying there's going to be a poor game decision. I'm going to go. I'm going to go the next time that that Nick mentions a family member questioning him about something. That's not his dad or his brother. I'm going to go with his oldest son. Okay, I'm going with his wife. Okay. Wow. 
You see, I mean, what a, what a thing to follow here. <laughs> yes. Uh, we know Nick's a, a loyal viewer, so uh, Nick, who do you want to go with here, Team Bo or Team Zach? Yeah, I think he's going to go. I think, I mean, he's going to tell the truth, and he's going to be, true. you know, I'm the one who's going to be right. We'll see. Uh, and if there were such a line on that, maybe it's something that, you know, DraftKings could add. Who's the next person that uh, Great transition. Nick Sirianni is going to uh, mention in his family as questioning one of his game day decisions? While we wait for that to show up on the sports book, let's talk a little bit more generally about DraftKings Sportsbook because we are back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you are in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code PHLY. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana, 21 and older. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. See sportsbook.com. DraftKings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsibility. Gaming resources, bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. I was like, that was almost perfect. And I think I slipped on one word there. That was like a, it was like a 98%. You typically nail the reads. Okay. Uh, let's talk DeAndre Swift. Zach, uh, bring it home, says, while Swift was great in the run game, his pass pro was a little less than desired, which is true. With the Eagles' struggles in the pass game so far, do they have a solid option in the backfield, or do they need to find one? Do you see any upgrade options out there? I don't think the Eagles bring in a running back specifically for pass protection. Uh, that's an area where, where, where Kenny Gainwell has tried to improve. And they do like Kenny Gainwell in certain situations. You saw that last year. So I, I think we'll continue to see Gainwell uh, in maybe obvious passing situations. I don't think Swift has been egregious there. Do you? Uh, he was pretty bad in okay. that game. Uh, there were a couple times when, you know, his inability to, you know, slow down the blitzer uh, affected Jalen Hurts. But I think it was certainly outweighed by what he did yeah. with the ball in his hands. I think it probably is a situation like you're talking about where in like definite passing situations, those are probably the, the times when Kenny Gain will, will be on the field instead of him. I also think Boston Scott is okay there. Yes. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if they brought in a running back specifically for that purpose. I also didn't think that with Swift it was a want-to issue. I think it was like a technique issue, so it's also something that you know, could, could be fixed. Well, he's Philly tough. It's definitely not a want-to issue. From right over there. <laughs> he went to school right over there. Yeah. Uh, I think he grew up that way. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, Zach. From Fred. If Hertz continues to play as he has the first two games for the rest of the season, what is the ceiling for this team? 
assuming the rest of the offense and defense plays up to their potential? I think that's an interesting question. Hertz continues to play the way he did these first two games. Like 24th in EPA per drop, or 26th yeah. in EPA per drop back? Probably a 10-win team, 10-7, and seven, let's say. The schedule gets, gets more difficult, as, as, as we've discussed. Uh, so I would say a 10-win team that can win a playoff game or two but probably is not beating Dallas or San Francisco. They, they need Jalen Hurts to play at a much higher level for them to beat Dallas or San Francisco. Yeah, I think that, like, to some degree, Jalen Hurts' ceiling is the Eagles' ceiling, right? Hmm. Um, and Can you say that about all quarterbacks or specifically Hurts? No, I, th- I mean, I'm, you probably could say that about all, all, all quarterbacks, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think that Baker Mayfield's ceiling is like the Bucks' ceiling or whatever it is. I think, I think this team has built what we saw last year, that when Jalen Hurts is playing his best, they can be the best team in the league. I don't think they can if Jalen Hurts is playing the way he played over the first two weeks. And I think, uh, I mean, I'm a little bit worried about the way that he's played the first two weeks. So I'm, I'm very, very uh, eager to see what happens on Monday night, uh, how different do things look on offense after they have this little reset against another very good defense and a very good defensive schemer. Um, if he looks on Monday night like he has looked in the first two weeks, then I think it, I think it won't be unreasonable to, to, you know, not sound the alarm, but to be a little bit on edge about maybe this team is not as, like, high ceiling as, as we thought a month ago. Yeah, I'm not ready to sound the alarm either. I, I need to give it a little more time, two than three games. But there is the point we've discussed that defenses – and opposing coaches in particular have spent the offseason watching Hurts, uh, watching this Eagles offense, trying to figure out how to counteract it. And Hurts needs to show what his counterpunch is. I'm not worried about Hurts. He's built the equity with me. He has the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I think that a month into the season is when maybe you start to have more of the questions. But look, I mean, Joe Burrow has, has struggled too. Uh, I wouldn't be worried about Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert has struggled. I wouldn't be worried about Justin Herbert. So I mean, you're not worried about the Bengals being 0-2? N- n- no, I'm not worried about the Bengals. Now, in terms of getting home field and, and making a, a run in that regard, certainly so. But, no, I'm not worried about the Bengals being 0-2. Okay. But the, the calf injury and I think the Bengals is- are probably worried about it. Okay. Uh, the Eagles started 0-2 in the 2003 season, I believe, and went on to... The NFC Championship. Okay. <laughs> it was 20 years ago. <laughs> that is, that's good math by you. Yeah, that. very good. Uh, all right, Michael, Zach. Michael wants you to describe your ideal morning routine minute by minute. <laughs> he wants a, a Huberman-like breakdown on the optimized sports journalist routine. Uh, so, so, you know, take, take a deep breath, sit back, and, and walk us through the ideal Zach Berman morning. So we're talking about a school day, I imagine. Yes, I mean, I, I would imagine you would call it a work day, but yeah. Yeah. No, because I'm, I'm thinking about my, I know, I'm thinking I know, about my I kids, know, right? Uh, so I'm up. I'm, I'm up early. I probably, um, you know, do some headline reading, some news reading before the kids get up. The kids. What, what, no, he, he wants, like, specifics. You're up early. What time are you up, ideally? 5.30. Okay. And, and are you doing the reading in bed on your phone? Are you getting out, out of bed, you know, sitting in, a, in your, like, breakfast nook? What do we got going on? <laughs> uh, 
Well, no, my, my wife goes to the gym early a, okay. a lot. So if, if, um, does she get up at the same time as you or even earlier? This morning she was up earlier. Okay. Um, but, um, so I, I, I mean, sometimes it's in, you know, I ha- have like a home office where I do my work, okay. uh, where we used to do our podcast. Yeah. Right. So I, I'd be in there. Sometimes there is, is I, I do my writing better in the morning than late at night. Okay. I do most things better like in the morning than late at night, as we saw with the podcast. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I would, uh, if if there's if there's writing that I'm doing, I like to knock that out in the morning. This is the ideal. Give me the ideal morning. That's the question. What's okay, what well, is the your ideal what is your perfect is just, morning? The perfect morning is I'm just spending time with my wife and kids, right? So that's it's it's just that I'm not doing work. I'm not okay. Uh, yeah, I'm spending time with my wife and kids. The perfect work morning. <laughs> that's yeah. the question. So that's what I'm giving you here. Okay. So I'm I'm saying I'm either writing or reading. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and and then I'll spend some time with the kids. You know, from 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 six to seven, then I I'm getting ready for uh, work, and then I go to work. Yeah. Okay. That's so. Uh, there you go. It's not um, now on 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 the road. Uh, I'm doing a lot of work in the mornings. Like I'm I'm up and I'm writing, reading. Yeah. What's the first site you go to? What's the first thing you go to read? Allphly.com. Okay, and then what's the second? Um, I go to the Athletic. Uh, I, I go to New York Times. I go to the Inquirer. Because uh, they post their, you know when they post their stories. Yes, I, I know exactly okay. when they post their stories. So I will do that. I'll check uh, box scores from the night before. Uh, I like to see all box scores in, you know, baseball, NBA. I don't look at NHL box scores. But, yeah, I'll, I'll know that typically. And then I'll read, you know, the news for the day. And... Then I'll, uh, you know, I, I, I should say get a workout in, but I'm a little, uh, I'm not consistent enough there. And I got to be honest, because, you know, when my wife watches this, she'll say if I say I got a workout in, she'll be like, you're being disingenuous. But not in the ideal version, in, you can do in that. In the ideal, yeah. Yeah, take a walk or uh, bike ride, listen to a podcast. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Zach wants to know, following the get your best athletes on the field theory, do you see any way that Nolan Smith and Sidney Brown can get more snaps on defense? We sort of talked about the Sidney Brown thing, and, and somebody else asked, is the Jalen Carter you know, great start taking away some of the attention paid to Nolan Smith not really being much of a factor, especially as someone who could have been, in your estimation, the 10th overall pick? He could have been the 10th overall pick. And I would not be worried one bit about Nolan Smith. He's recovering from this injury here. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. What I saw in the summer really impressed me. Uh, I did expect him to play more in these first two games, but I wouldn't be worried at all about Nolan Smith. Are you? Uh, I'm not worried. It's two games into his career. Um, but I did... I did think he would he would flash a little bit more, but that's I think that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's too early to be worried. It's it's two games. And but I, I do think that if he was the first of their first round picks, it would be a much bigger deal. If he was the number ten overall pick and he wasn't yeah. on the field, that's fair. Uh, I do want to circle back to the previous question real quick. What's your ideal morning? What's my ideal morning? Yes, your ideal morning routine. Uh, I sleep until like. <laughs> I don't know, nine. Really? <laughs> Ideally, yeah, that'd be great. Wow, okay. I mean, what do you want to say? Like, <laughs> ideally, yeah. 
then you didn't accomplish anything at that point. Yeah, because I was probably accomplishing stuff overnight. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, you are a, a burn the midnight oil guy. I mean, you you like your your one a.m. two a.m. I do. Um, I don't know. I'm hanging out. I'm I'm not doing work. <laughs> That's the ideal morning. Are Are you reading news? Are you Are you consuming media in any variety? I'm probably doing uh, the Wordle and Immaculate Grid. Okay. Um, How'd you do on Immaculate Grid this morning? Well, I haven't done the new one since it rolled over. At, uh, at, nine a.m. Yeah, we were. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know what? I got I got eight out of nine on football yesterday. I couldn't I couldn't think of a uh, a lion falcon overlap. A lion falcon overlap. Yeah, I missed that one. So there you go. That's a good morning. Is it? <laughs> uh, K-Dot, Zach, wants to know, who are some of the players who are coming up on extensions in the near future? Howie usually likes to get out ahead of those. Um, we do know that this is a thing that Howie likes to do, although he didn't do it last year specifically because he said he didn't want to sort of mess with the yeah. locker room juju that they had going on. Um, you take a look at the guys who are coming up. It's not a great list this year. Well, the uh, two they, big ones. Well, they've done Jalen Hurts. Yes. Uh, I'm talking about the, the ones whose contracts are, are ending. Um, and they've done okay. Jalen Hurts. That draft class is pretty barren otherwise. You know, uh, Jalen Reger's not here anymore. Kayvon Wallace isn't here anymore. Davion Taylor. Taylor's not here anymore. You could theoretically extend Jack Driscoll. Um, I don't think that they're yeah, going to do that. Jack Driscoll. Uh, so I, I think that draft class is probably gone. Uh, then you go to the next draft yes, class, exactly. and that's when you know you start to talk about Devontae Smith, and then even Landon Dickerson yes, and Milton exactly. Williams. I think those are probably next off-season things, though, and not in-season. Yeah, this off-season coming. Well, well, they they can't extend those guys until after 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 the season. Right. Starting um, after the season, I would imagine a Devontae Smith and a Landon Dickerson contract extension would be a priority. Not letting either one of those guys hit free agency. Devontae, of course, they have the fifth-year option on, so there's a little flexibility. But my guess is they try to get ahead of that one. So those two, Hassan Reddick, that was a big story throughout the summer. Uh, I don't think that's something that happens in season, but after the season, I can certainly see them. Hassan Reddick's going to the final year of his contract next year. That That's a, a potential extension candidate. As far as in-season options, no, I, I don't see one because of, like you said, that draft class was not particularly good in terms of veterans who are on second contracts. Uh, there's not one that jumps out in my mind at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... everybody whose contract is expiring, who's a veteran, is, yeah. is a uh, you know, player who was signed for cheap um, and yeah. is not in their long-term plans. Yeah, unless they, they, unless they did something on, on Reddick, which they haven't shown an inclination to do quite yet. Uh, Slay and Bradbury, they already took care of this, off, this past offseason. None of the safeties, none of the linebackers um, can't do any of the, the, the D linemen, the edge rushers. So there's, there's no one that jumps out, but I, I do think Landon Dickerson and Devontae Smith are going to be offseason priorities. And I can see if, if the Eagles give those guys money during the offseason and not early next season, then it's one of those things where Howie says, you know, well, you have to include this as part of our free agency class. We allocated money mm. to Devontae and to Landon. You don't, you don't lump Milton Williams in there? I, I, I don't think it, it benefits Milton Williams to sign a contract extension. I mean, he's... He, they drafted two guys in the first round. Yeah. Uh, Milt Williams' opportunity is probably better elsewhere in terms of meaningful playing time than here. I don't know if that's true. I mean, 
Fletcher Cox isn't going to be back That's forever. True. There's, you know, three defensive tackles get to play a lot. Okay. Uh, if he likes the scheme, if he likes the place, if he's offered, you know, in, instead of having to risk getting injured in his fourth year, if he's offered significant money, I don't think that that's crazy. If you were Milton Williams' agent, what would you tell him? I would ask him, what's more important to you? Hmm. You know, uh, assured money or the potential upside? Uh, you know, what's your risk variance? I'm not going to tell him what to do. I'm going to work for my client. My client doesn't work for me. <laughs> that's a good How point. How much do you love Philadelphia, Milton? That's a good point. Okay. Yeah. Boy, if an agent asked me that, I have a question would be, I love Philadelphia quite a bit. Yeah, we know. I don't want to go anywhere else. The Devontae thing, though, you know, this is a, uh, it is the undercurrent of, of the A.J. Brown conversation that we've yeah. been having. Um, there's another question we have in here about, like, you know, how realistic is it for them to continue paying all these guys? Do you have any doubt that Devontae Smith will be an Eagle long term? And, and if you had to put your turkeys on only Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown being on the team in, in three years, who do you think is more likely? In three years, I would go A.J. Brown. Interesting. I think that they're going to do everything they can to keep Devontae Smith. I think it's going to be a priority. I don't think it's going to be a matter of resources. I think they will. I think they'd be comfortable paying two wide receivers top of the market dollar when they have two wide receivers that uh, they view as top-of-the-market players. This is a position where they've seen the alternative, as we've discussed. That said, it's, it's, it's going to be up to Devontae. And I, I would imagine that they'll, they'll make it work. But, yeah, I, I would feel more confident that the guy who's under contract, although he's not under contract for a significantly longer period, but under contract, A.J. Brown, um, yeah, similar age profile. Yeah, I, I would probably say A.J. Brown. I agree in that I think they are, you know, we know the positions they care about and the positions that they should care about. I don't think there's any doubt that they want to pay both of those guys. Yes. Um, they're not going to be skittish about paying Devontae Smith, you know, the full market value. I think it's more likely that Devontae is here long term than A.J. Brown. And why do you say that? Uh, for several reasons. One is we've already seen A.J. Brown change teams. We've already seen okay. a, a situation sour in his career. So there's, there's the history of that. Um, I mean, we've seen the stuff already, which is not a big deal in the context of this season, but it's an indication that, you know, this is a player who, uh, you know, wants the ball as much as he can get the ball and is, is mercurial about that sometimes. And I also think there is a, like a Howie Roseman affinity for guys he's drafted and I think the fact that he like drafted Devontae Smith is a little bit more of a uh I want to keep this guy around as like part of the next generation of your your Kelsey's and Fletcher Cox's and Brandon Graham's and Lane Johnson's than there is with with A.J. Brown I also A.J. Brown has more of an injury history okay I view A.J. Brown like Jason Peters they traded a first round pick for him and gave him top of the market money the Eagles did the same thing with Jason Peters in 2009, and Jason Peters was... And he, he's still kicking. He wasn't a homegrown player, but he was very much a core franchise player uh, for the better part of a decade, 2009 to 2020. Uh, made the Pro Bowl every season from 2009, or almost every season from 2009 to 2016. Uh, so I view A.J. Brown the way they viewed 
Jason Peters. They gave up, he, yes, they didn't draft him. They gave up a first round pick for him and, and, and uh, an additional pick. They gave him a $100 million contract. A.J. Brown's very much a, a core player here, and I, I don't see that changing. Okay. I guess we'll, uh, we'll have the long uh, timeline of history to go back on this. Well, I, I think both are going to be here uh, because I think they're going to pay top of the market money for Devontae. And I think the Eagles are going to have, if not the best wide receiver combination, one of the best wide receiver combinations for the next five to eight years. Okay. Uh, Zach, why don't you tell me a little bit about, uh, a little bit about game time? I would love to because I'm always in the market for uh, tickets sometimes. Well, I shouldn't say always, but sometimes in the, in the market. You uh, said always sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So that covers I, your basis. I, I, <laughs> I cover myself there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going uh, to a game this, this weekend. The next time I go to a game, I'm definitely going to be looking at the, game, at, at the game time app because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And sometimes they're more stressful for me than they should be. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And I want to emphasize that it doesn't have to just be sports. It could be a great comedy show. It could be a great concert that's coming to town. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Browse through the Game Time app and you can find upcoming events in your area. There are flash deals for last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in the area. You can look at the seat view images. That is so important because you don't want to buy a ticket and then get to the stadium and all of a sudden it's an obstructed view where you don't quite like the angle. See that on, on game time. There's the lowest price guarantee with event cancellation protection and job loss protection. Think about all of that. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. How about that? It's the fastest growing ticket app in the, in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive and you buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Zach, let's, let's turn our attention to uh, the Jason Kelsey documentary. So uh, if, for those of you who haven't watched it yet, you know, pause, revisit this. And if we have time at the end, we'll get to a few more questions. But uh, first question for you, mm-hmm. did you cry at all? Did not cry at the doc, but found it touching in certain moments, found it relatable mm. in, uh, in a few moments. And really well done. Credit to uh, Kelsey, to Connor Barwin, to the production team. Uh, it was it it went by quickly. It was it was it was really well done. But no, it did not cry. Did you cry? I cried several times. Real okay. When did you cry? Uh, I mean, I'm an easy crier. Uh, Apparently I, so. I, I cried uh, the scenes with the brothers uh, and Ed talking about how how it's like the coolest picture he'll ever have. Yeah, that that, that was my favorite. Yes, exactly. I cried yep. uh, when 
Kylie was crying at the Super Bowl. That was a good one. Mm. I think I cried another time too. I mean, I'm an easy, okay. I'm an easy cry. I'm, so an, you I'm an easy. Cried mark. At, at at the picture of Travis scoring the touchdown touch and, and touching. Yeah, yeah. That I was gonna bring that up. Uh, so I'm I'm glad you and I think alike. That was uh, I thought the the one of us just thinks a little deeper, just feels a little deeper. The I thought that was such a cool moment. Was was like seeing the pride in Ed Kelsey's face at that photo. And the way they talk about it, you know, it, it is a little bit surprising that, not that like they're both they're both so good, but they haven't tried to really find a way to play together in the NFL, right? But yeah, they're both in good situations for yeah. sure. I think you know, Kelsey is such an interesting, uh, and I think probably like once in a generation type athlete in Philadelphia, um, because he is like. He is this proxy for the everyman, right? And I think about like, you know, I was doing the the Kevin Petullo story um, mm. this summer, where I where I played around or I was following a round of golf between Kevin Petullo and his daughter Lauren, and we're just like we're on one of the tee boxes, and this guy who works at the golf course comes up in his cart and he's talking, he's like, are you that, are you that Eagles coach? And he starts talking and he's just like, you know, a typical Eagles fan. He's like, man, Jason Kelsey, that, you know, that speech he gave, I'll never forget. Like he's, you know, he's a king in this city forever. And I, and that is true. And, you know, Jason is so good at, um, sort of underplaying his value. Um, you know, he talks about how, like, in his mind, a Hall of Famer is somebody who is, like, scheme diverse. Yes. And he got in this very specific good situation. And he's always uh, a little bit downplaying his, his own self. And I thought the most, like, the most honest part of the whole documentary. And it was really, you know, it was great access. I loved everything about, like, the, the family stuff yeah. and some of the behind-the-scenes Eagle stuff that we hadn't seen before. But I thought the most interesting thing, the most, the most honest thing was what he said when he was making his decision at the end. And he said, you know, where else am I going to find something where I can be, where I am the best in the world at what I effing do, right? And, because, and, and not because it was given to me because I earned it. But I think that peek into, like, he knows he's really, really, really good. Yeah. And, but we don't, he doesn't, he doesn't talk like that often. I thought that was a nice little, a, a little peek into something of, you know, of this guy who is, you know, I think some people might say like overexposed to some degree. He doesn't always, he doesn't always show that part of himself. That's fair. Uh, to that point, from a football perspective, when he was at the card table, with the other that was such a funny players. scene yeah <laughs> like do you think do you think that uh that kelsey and selick and harold carmichael and mike quick and jason avant and trent kohler like getting together for <laughs> weekly poker games <laughs> i don't know but 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 that was so interesting that was so fascinating to me just from a from a human perspective because these guys a lot of their identity is tied into being a football player Right. And what happens when which was the like original conceit of the documentary. right? Exactly. And what happens when that's not there? And it's something that I've spoken to Jason about. And I've spent time with Jason like on uh, trying to figure out what's what's after football and not just what you do after football, but how you view yourself after football. And that goes to what what you were just saying before about like how else, you know, where else could you be? the best, the best player in the world, and I, I, I thought, or, or, or the best in the world at, at what you do, and one of the, the fascinating, like, bearing his soul moments 
when he was, when he was talking about CTE and he was talking about um, being with grandchildren and this push-pull, if you will, like he can do all these amazing things and he can have this influence on the world and, and, and you know, in the city of Philadelphia and obviously make uh, a great living uh, and set up his, his family for generations. And the flip side of that is he doesn't know if he'll be able to play with his grandkids the way his father does. You know, that... Right, is it better to live longer or live bigger, right? Yeah. You know, live fuller. I thought that was very kind of touching and revealing. Um, so from a football perspective, those, those scenes kind of jumped out. Uh, I thought the CTE thing was interesting because it was a little bit... He, he was talking about it a little bit differently than he did uh, when I did that story following his, you know, injuries over the course of a season. 2019 season. Check that um, out. Yeah. At the end of that, he, he was a little bit more... Not flippant, but but much less concerned about the future um, than than he seems to have be three years later, and just you know three more seasons of accumulation of hits, and also seeing his kids grow exactly. up more. Yeah. Um, I was just it, it, if you go back and read what he says at the end of that story, it's a little bit different tonally than than the way that he was talking about it with Barwin. A little bit more concern, I think. And fatherhood probably has has that effect. Sure. On it, like you said, uh, I thought I thought Kylie was awesome. Oh, st star uh, of the show. Yeah. No doubt about it. Such a, yeah. She was awesome. Uh, you know, I, a, a lot of respect for her. The, uh, Rachel was, was um, like extremely secondhand anxious about the whole uh, like traveling 38 week, weeks pregnant thing and like, you know, bringing mm -hmm. the sutures on the airplane. She was like this, like I can barely watch. This is like, this is too much. The Saturday Night Live scene. Mm, um, yes. was, was one of the most relatable Very real, yeah. scenes that I've ever experienced. Uh, and, and now, I mean, this is about Jason. It's not about, it's not about us. But um, a week after Saturday Night Live, I, I, I think it was, I was actually in L.A. with Kelsey. And uh, Kelsey was doing a, uh, I shouldn't say with Kelsey, I was following Jason um, while he was doing I mean, you were there with him. Yeah, he, he was doing a broadcast boot camp. And... Uh, there was, uh, you know, I, I, I followed him around for, for three days and at like three o'clock or, or two o'clock on that, on the last day there, I had to either catch a flight then or stay another night and catch the flight the next morning. And there was like one last thing. And I said to Jason, I was like, I was like, Jason, I was like, my wife would, would you know, there was like a lot going on in my, on in my family that, that week. I had to get home. And I was like, I was like, my wife and my kids, like, I need to get home tonight. Um, you know, can I follow up with you on, on this? And he's like, he's like, Zach, get to the airport, right? <laughs> and so like, um, I thought that was, uh, that Saturday Night Live scene, like I, yeah, I've, we've I've, all been there. I've been there. On I remember, both sides of the phone call. I remember vividly, I, I was on that side of the phone call, um, L.A., when the Eagles stayed, between the Seattle and L.A. game mm. in 2017, and... Uh, I was, I was, I was, I was definitely, I've, I've experienced that before. Uh, I, I just thought it was so honest and relatable. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was good. Rachel, uh, also said, you know, like it's, it's a much lesser degree with us, but like just the, the seeing like the, you know, the family, how the beats work around the football season mm -hmm. and how everything is tied to that. And it's like, 
oh great they're going to the super bowl like <laughs> yes. does it have to be the year that i'm pregnant like or, you <laughs> yeah. know um yeah. and she said the uh the uh like the scene when kylie's like Shh, danny's doing a podcast is like <laughs> very very hitting home yes yes i also thought like seeing jason as a brother and when travis was going through that stuff in college and seeing jason have his back and jason vouch for him uh really jumped out to me uh that you know, there's so much made about like them being brothers in fame, but being brothers in in hard times too. And Jason having his back, and you know, going through a lot growing up, and them being resources for each other uh, jumps out. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I also thought of you in one point. Um, okay, let's where, hear it. Okay, and I remembered when I also cried. I also cried when they were watching the uh, the, the Chiefs game at Chickies, and then they realized that this thing is going to uh, happen. Yeah. yeah, you cried in that moment. Yeah, they were crying. Of course, I'm crying. <laughs> uh, so the the part that I think where you and Jason have a lot maybe in common is I could see you not being able to find your keys in your house the way Jason could. Oh, I'm good with my keys. Okay. I'm good with my key. You thought of me in that moment? You don't even know me that. Like, what, you just assume that I don't have my keys? Yeah. I, I could see you, like, being on top of all these things. Oh, no. But not being able to find I know where keys. my keys are because okay. my, my keys are always in the same place. That's Okay. Uh, but, there are well, probably other things, all right, well, yeah, so like my I Super Bowl ring, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I, I will own up to it. I, I have the Apple AirTag on, yeah. on my keychain. Yeah, you love technology, even yeah. when you don't. Even when it's something you don't need technology for. No, but I am. Uh, so I'm, I'm never worried about losing my keys because yeah. I, I have. I right, have but what if you tag. lose your AirTag? But they're all. Well, the AirTag's on the. Okay, key, but, but um, they're always in my pants pocket from the day before. Okay. So. All right. Uh, I was surprised by uh, Jason Kelsey eating Papa John's. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's some. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. You know, he's sitting at home there. You, we, we can't get a better slice of pizza than Papa John's. Yeah, there's some spots r around his house I can recommend. You think him. that was a, uh, could that have been an NFL plant? Yeah, maybe so. I think it might have been because I think I might have seen some Wawa there too. I think it might have been part and parcel of like the Eagle sponsors. Let's get some food here. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe so. Um, you know what I liked was the, um, the, the Nick Sirianni speech after the back-to-back the -back Gardner Minshew losses because we don't always get to see, like, mm. the version of Nick Sirianni who is connecting with players in that way, and he's saying, you know, GTFU, um, yep. you know, you got to go out there and be the baddest mf on exactly. the field. Um, like, I, I thought that was an interesting peak. Uh, the Kelsey speech before the, the Super Bowl was very funny. Uh, like he's talking about like say Amala's Frankenstein foot, and then he just takes. He's, why has he got to bring Boston Scott? <laughs> Boston Scott tight exactly. into this. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> what does that have to do? I mean, it brought the house down. But, yes, exactly. Um, but the way he had that, the way he had Hertz's back there was pretty cool. Too. Yes, very interesting. Yeah. Um, the two lines that uh, made me laugh out loud were uh, after the Chiefs won in the FC Championship game, they asked Ed Kelsey what his day was like. He's like, well, I started drinking at 11. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then when uh, one of Kelsey's daughters came in, uh, she's like, I got to dance. I thought that was very funny. Uh, yeah, I, um, as, I'm, as, as I'm going through this here, I, I thought, too, uh, that when you see kind of the course of the season, you see the, the, the dealing with the injuries, part of it um i thought the cattle the, I, the cattle farming or the mm. cow farming in uh in in missouri uh he has a cattle ranch yeah. and and seeing him learn how to do it 
I cracked up at this. You can show I have no experience in cattle farming when they got that. I don't even know what it was. He's like, this thing's going to last you 15 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Andrew, Andrew appreciated that yeah. one. Yeah, like, this, this one thing. Yeah. He's, he's like, this is going to last you 15 years. Right. I was cracking up at that. Well, I also, I mean, I also think that yeah. the... Well, the, the unsaid part of that whole season is, and it's like what's what you wrote about this off season is that like he entered that season not knowing what he's going to do when he retires. Yes. You know, is it going to be the cattle farming and and Barwin you know jokes with him like cattle farming or podcasting yeah. like he's going to be a media superstar. Well, like whenever he's done, he's going to and you know and there's the real estate that he's dipping his toes into too but like and you know Selleck makes a joke about he's done a bunch of stuff and yeah. failed at them all like Jason Kelsey's going to be a great media personality he's going to be very highly paid for that it's like that is what's coming next so actually to that point what I found interesting was he didn't know how good he was going to be at podcasting right and it kind of seemed like he kept playing and Parkas the podcast was so popular. I know, there wasn't playing a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've, I've spoken to Jason about his, his, his podcasting and, and, you know, he's like, I've complimented him quite a bit and he's always mm. like, well, it's heavily. I don't edited. know that he looks up to us in that capacity. <laughs> he's yeah. like, it's heavily edited and, and, and so on and so forth. But you saw like the first podcast, he didn't know if it was going to be good. And then it just kind of took off. Right. And, uh, it was, I thought Barwin's point, and, you know, Connor's accomplished so much post-playing, too, and has, has kind of uh, searched and found um, different avenues for him to explore. But I thought it was really interesting when Barwin was saying his biggest fear for Jason is that he does all these different things. Right. He makes a lot of money, and he's not good at any of them. Right. Right? He's, like, spread himself too thin. Right. Uh, you know, he's, he's to use the cliche a mile wide and an inch deep um and it was it was so nice and then uh oh i'm sorry it was, it, was, it was so revealing and the other part too that i found uh fascinating and credit to jeff mclean at the Enquirer. jeff had a real good story in 2022 where he referenced the is it guy clark is that the song yes um but the cape yes. is the song and then you just do you think he got the the hookup on the actual speakers at the link like over the the, the pa at the link maybe so uh but that song and how relatable it is to Jason and how like impactful it is in his life was uh, that 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 was really neat. And I actually I listened to that song in the way to uh, partly on the way to work this morning. Wow. Because uh, I knew we were having this this You're going method. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It kind of put me in the mood. Yeah. What kind of mood are we talking <laughs> To get me ready for... Like you read to, Underdogs at a certain bookstore? <laughs> to get me ready for the show. Uh, Zach, let me talk to you about FOCO uh, before we get back to this conversation. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season, so they've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided some awesome pieces for our set, which you can see just above the Underdogs book there. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. I thought a good job by Jason Kelsey giving uh, uh, Colt Anderson's up top yes, company a lot, so of, uh, you know, a lot of natural advertisement. I thought that was good. 
Uh, now, I'm curious your perspective on, on this. $50,000 for Super Bowl tickets? <laughs> okay. That, well, uh, yeah, what do you think isn't of that? Isn't that insane? <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's insane. Yeah. Players have spoken about that. It's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. And they got to get them out there and, and put them up. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. I mean, I know that it was exp- it was expensive, but like, yeah. that is wild for sure. Yeah. Uh, the so clearly nothing for you, I guess. <laughs> With those munger, you know, you know. That's not what I'm saying. After all the uh, the advice that Warren Buffett has given you over the years. No, that that I'm joking. I'm joking. Well. That jumped out to me as well. Uh, clearly, and he's talked about this that he made this to kind of show a player transitioning. Right. Uh, at what point do you think it, it seemed pretty clear that he thought throughout last year it was going to be his last year mm-hmm. when do you think he decided do you think he decided after the season do you think he, he knew well I mean there's that week? scene of like it's the day before free agency and he hasn't yeah, given the Eagles exactly. an answer yet so yes. I mean I, I believe that he took it up to the end mm. um, I, yeah I think I think it took until the very end for him to decide hmm. Do you not? You think you think he's no, sort of... no. But like to make that decision. But do you think he was leaning toward returning? Mm. I mean, you were by his locker after the Super Bowl. Did you think he was coming back? Did you think that was it for him? I actually at the Super Bowl, I, I thought that he was coming back. Okay. Um, yeah. And I don't know. You know, he says the thing about the you know what what Travis said in the summer about having lost in the Super Bowl. But you know, there's like you know, Sirianni comes up to him. It's the first time they've talked. Mm-hmm. In the post-game Super Bowl locker room, Ben Kelsey's like, it's, you know, it's so hard to get here. Um, but the, the tenor of it to me was like, we've got a great team. Like, maybe we can, maybe we can do it again, sort of. Um, I, I, you know, it's not my, it's not my business to predict what he's going to do. Um, but I, I do sort of feel like this is, this is the last run. But, you know, yeah. people have thought that before. And, and it, was so, it was so well done. But is there anything that like might have been on the cutting room floor that you would have wanted to see? I mean, I'm, I was like all the family stuff okay. I was eating up. Um, you know, it would, have been, it would have been fun to see like sort of like the day-to-day uh, living That's, stuff, yeah, would, yeah. right, uh, with them. You know, the, the, fun, the scene of him just being like his body just totally broken down as he's, as he's playing with the kids. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What about you? What jumped to you? Yeah, like, you know, I've, I've been out in public when Jason's been there. and Yeah, and we've talked about this. You like, know, and, and look, whenever there's, there's, there's cameras, you can't get the, the authentic right. experience. But I was, I was at an event this, uh, this summer, you know, when, when my wife wanted to go up to him and say hello. And I was like, I was like, don't bother, Jason. And, um, but it's like that, uh, when you see him in public, the being Jason Kelsey is 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 almost overwhelming and he handles it well but I think that we saw so much of the private moments I yeah. actually think that that's the good, public yeah, could have been I, I think like seeing what it's like when Jason Kelsey goes to the ice cream shop or Jason well, and Kelsey, especially yeah. and especially not when he's like alone there for an event but yeah. like when he's out in public with his family exactly. and it's like this is supposed to be my family time yeah. and it's still like people are coming up like exactly that's got to be that's got to be tough because yeah. you also know that like every this person's going to remember this interaction exactly like, I can't just be an a-hole and he's aware of that right yeah. like yeah. that's that's got to be tough yeah. uh all right our last thing Zach from Shane if you could have a Kelsey-like documentary about another Eagle, current or former, who would it be? Hmm. Uh, so I don't think the Jalen one would be that revealing, right? Like, I think, right. he, he, I think he's, he's so, uh, um, like, programmed sometimes, right. maybe. 
let's see here. Uh, Barwin would, would probably be comparable to Kelsey's in like a certain right. regard. I think uh, Jason Peters would, would Ooh, be that's a good one. one. But honestly, Dom DeSandro would be... Oh, Dom, wow. You look yeah. at you coming in over the top. Yeah, Dom DeSandro to me would be like the most fascinating one. Like following... Yeah, I mean, if it was actually unfettered, yeah. then yeah. If, if cameras followed Dom for a year, Dom DeSandro, of course, is the Eagles' director of security, uh, or I should say vice president of, of security, uh, assistant to the GM or special advisor to mm-hmm. the GM. But Dom DeSandro would, would be the documentary I would most want to see. Yeah, that's a good answer. If I mean, especially if he was going to be, if the whole thing is, yeah. you know, curtain open. Absolutely. What about you? Uh... You know, like Brandon Graham would be a lot of fun, but I think it would be a similar sort of tone to the to the Kelsey thing, so not super different. Um, I think in the end, I, I I would probably have to choose between like Elijah Riley and Coyote <laughs> Awashika and and Christian Ellis and DeAndre yeah. Carter uh, and Sua. So maybe Elijah Riley. Okay. How about Namdi? Namdi is an interesting one. Yeah. You know, Vic. Mm. Um, but, it, but in terms of like uh, following a person for yeah. a year and not like just telling their life sure. story, I think you know, Dom is a good answer. Yeah. Um, maybe Devonte would be interesting to me because he okay. doesn't show us, and it would be interesting to see what his what his real life is like. Just sleeping in darkness, right? But I mean, he's got a kid; he can't just be sleeping in darkness. True. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We are back tomorrow at 10 and then also at friday at 10 we will have heard from uh, coordinators tomorrow and we're going to start getting into the uh, the bucks eagles matchup a little bit more in depth uh, ahead of the monday night game a matchup of two two and oh teams so for zach and all of the uh, listeners thank you for uh, giving us those questions maybe we'll get to a few more later in the week make sure that you are hitting subscribe and like on the youtube button and uh we'll talk to you tomorrow so for all of us here thanks for watching and as always, we love you. Y'all silly like the mayor.